Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Hear what I have to say today. First Kings chapter 19, verse 2. Elijah, he's just had one of the greatest victories in biblical history. Massive miracle from God. Fire has been called down from heaven. It's consumed the offering. The prophets of Baal have been slaughtered. So a lot of false doctrine teachers had been kind of removed from the picture. It's left a lot of people in awe of the power of God. But for Elijah, it's created some enemies. So we find him at a spot here in 1 Kings chapter 19 where the fear of his enemies has consumed him and withered his trust in the God that's just provided for him a supernatural miracle. Now, before we get too harsh with Elijah, I don't think he's too much different than any of the rest of us. I mean, most of us have had a miracle in our life only to wind up a few days later kind of questioning things. Where's God now? Kind of on the downhill side of that thing. You know what I'm talking about? You know, after a great blessing, it seems like the floodgates of hell just are unleashed on on you. Has anybody ever, uh, you know, you you just come out of an amazing service. God has just spoken to you, and then, then everything just breaks apart. And you're saying, well, God, where you were here yesterday. Where are you today? He's still there. He's still there. First Kings 19 and 2, Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them, what she's talking about, the them that she's talking about is the prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Baal that have just been put to death. She's saying, it's going to be you or me by this time tomorrow. She said, I'm coming after you. If I don't take your life just as you took the lives of the prophets of Baal. She gave it a 24-hour period of time, and when Elijah saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah. But then Elijah does something a little odd here. The Bible says that he left his servant there. He left his servant in Beersheba, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. He looked, and behold, there was a cake baked on the coals and a cruise of water at his head, and he ate and he drank and laid down again. The angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. He arose and 
He ate and he drank and he went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb, the Mount of God. You'll understand the title of my lesson a little bit later when I explain it, but I, I just want to preach, don't wander from the well. Don't wander from the well. Amen. You may be seated today. We oftentimes take drives, my wife and I, and we'll begin to think about life and where life has brought us to. Somebody mentioned the other day, I, I, we were talking to somebody, and I don't remember who it was, but my wife made the comment of, about how we have been living here and pastoring this church almost right at 18 years now. Where has the time gone? You know, it's hard to believe, she said. It's hard to believe we've been here for 18 years. You know, we came here uh, uh, in our late 30s. Uh, I think I was 38 years old. We walked in, began to pastor this small church full of fine people, and our children were, you know, 10, 12, and 14, something like that. Uh, and now our children are all raised and grown and they're married and uh, we have grandchildren and, and some of our kids have moved away and with the family, some are in the process of, of uh, moving away. Brother and Sister Anglin are, are house hunting this weekend and preaching in Branson. And so we know that, you know, there's coming a time when we're going to kiss them on the cheek and, and, uh, and wave goodbye and not see them for a little while. And so... Our time is uh, with them is is rapidly closing up, and and we start thinking as we drive around. Sometimes we get in conversation about about life and the ups and the downs, and and typically, you know, uh, if we are a little bit down about something, uh, you know, typically uh, we can talk ourselves out of it or talk ourselves through it. I don't know if anybody else does this or not, but this is our process sometimes. Uh, there's some things that, that you don't like that are happening in life, but you, you begin to talk about all of the good things and all the blessings and how God has provided uh, day after day and, and how many blessings God has given us during our life. It, it overshadows, it overshadows the, the tough times. It overshadows the losses of life and We've had losses. We've had things take place. We've we've gotten bad news at times, and we've suffered some things through life. You don't get to the age that we're at without taking a few hits along the journey, right? I mean, most of us are are, are like that. You, you you're you're disappointed at times. You're you're crushed at times. There are times when you don't understand why it is that you're going through what you're going through. But at the end of the day, for those of us that have walked this walk with God and put our trust and our faith and our confidence in Him, you know at the end of the day, we still have to just raise our hands to him and say, thank you, God, for you have blessed us and you have been good to us and you've never really failed us a, a single time. There's been times when we didn't understand what you were doing and we didn't understand why we were going through the things that we went through, but God, you were always there. Even when we couldn't feel you, even when we couldn't see you. Life is all about putting a series of good choices together day after day that bring us closer to God. And, and, and you know, if you're under the sound of my voice today, that, that's just a recommendation that I have for you. Uh, make, make good, solid choices. Uh, are they all going to be right? No, no. You're going to make mistakes in life, but 
but a series of good choices and striving to do the right thing always pays off in the long run. These young people that are here today, you know, as they grow, they're going to get to a place in life where they don't really want to be told what to do. They're going to want to make their own choices. And so our parenting technique kind of got to the place where instead of telling them what they had to do or telling them what they needed to do, we would kind of try to lead them into it and make it make them feel like it was their own idea. I don't know, you call that parental manipulation, whatever you want to. I think we, we, uh, we, we were trying to do the right thing for them and trying to help them understand that there is a, there is a way and choices that they need to make that are not always easy up front, but in the long run, they pay great dividends. If you make good choices, in the long run, things tend to work out better, obviously. The Bible says that there's going to be days where we have to walk by faith and not by sight. And it's in those days that the devil would try to make you think that you've been forgotten. The devil would try to make you think that God has no longer cares about you, no longer hears your prayers. The, the days that you walk by faith and not by sight are the, are the most difficult time because it seems like oftentimes you'll, you'll be overwhelmed and, and you can't see where it is that you're actually going. And that's when you have to rely on that scripture and, and trust in the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And it's those days where God takes you by the hand, whether you can feel that hand of guidance or not, and he will lead you through those dark places of life. Amen. God is in the process. Understand this today. God is in the process of taking us somewhere. There is a destination. There is a place that God wants us to be. Now, we hope that it's to a blessing, but sometimes it's through a valley. We'd love for the sun to be shining, but sometimes the rain falls. We hope that God leads us to a mountaintop, but sometimes God takes us into a wilderness, and that's just the facts. Elijah and his servant, they left Jezreel on the run, and of all the places that he could have run to, he comes to a place called Beersheba. Now, Abraham was a, a well digger. And one thing that you need to know about Beersheba was that this city was named after a well that Abraham had dug. And he named his wells. And this was the final seventh well that Abraham had dug. And he named it Beersheba. And Beersheba meant, meant this, the well of an oath and uh, the seventh well. An oath is a promise, and seven is God's number of completion. What did God do on the seventh day? He stood back and he said, I've wrapped this thing up. It's finished. It's good. We're done here. He completed things on the seventh day, and things went into motion. And so uh, Abraham digs this final well, and he says, this is a place that is a place of promise 
and it's a place of completion. That's where Elijah finds himself at. He finds himself at a place of promise and a place of completion. I believe God had a plan for him right there. That, that's just my belief. You don't have to agree with that. But I believe God had a plan for Elijah right there at Beersheba. He had just called down fire from heaven. God had proven himself to an entire nation. It, it's obvious to me. Anybody understand momentum? Okay, when, when I remember playing a lot of softball. Uh, it's been quite a few years ago now. And I, I, would, I would see our team, and we had a, a fairly decent softball team, and, and we would begin to play, but, but there's something called momentum. Uh, if the other team was ahead of us, and all of a sudden one of our guys got up and cranked one over the wall, and all of a sudden we weren't down by seven anymore, now we were only down by five, something shifted, right? It's called momentum. Something shifted, not, not physically, but shifted in the mind, and the mind created a physical change. And I believe that Elijah had momentum on his side right here. I believe that there were some things that were going in the right direction, but somewhere along the line he missed that momentum. I don't know if he was just too weary, too tired. I don't know if he was spiritually drained from all of it. I don't know if he was kind of on a spiritual crash after this huge victory that he just had over the prophets of Baal. I really don't know what happened, but he still had not gotten it through his head that God was everything that he would ever need him to be, not just on the mountaintop, but down when he was uh, uh, in Beersheba. God was there, and he runs for his life from this wicked queen. Here's something that I've seen over the years. Usually when God begins to move, so does the enemy. You start seeing a little day breaking in your life. You start feeling a little bit victorious. You start feeling like you've got a handle on it. You've got control over it. Don't be shocked when the enemy rears his ugly head and lays a temptation right before you that's almost too good to pass up. Let me give you a little piece of advice. When that enemy lays that temptation before you, you walk right on past it. You keep yourself focused on the things of God. Amen. Don't get too far away from the well. You need to stay close to the well. Don't run off in the wilderness someplace, but you stay close to what is feeding you and what is sustaining you. God's given us a promise. There are times when that promise is hard to see how God's going to fulfill it. I don't understand how God is going to do everything that he has promised this church that he is going to do. I see it in my mind, uh, you know, the, the, the end result. I, I picture some things in my mind of how what, what it's going to be like, but from point A to point B, I really don't know what God's plan is to get us from where we're at to where he's going to take us. But I can tell you one thing. There is always going to be a drawing towards the well. We're not going 
going to walk away from the well. We're not going to look for outsourcing ideas. We're not going to go someplace else and try to do something else. We need to stay close to the well. Don't wander from the well, my friend. The well is what is going to keep you alive. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and all my servants, my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Oh, pastor, that, that, that was written so long ago, that has no effect on us today. No, 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 you're completely wrong. That is for us today. God is going to pour out his spirit, and he is in the process of pouring it out today. Amen. I don't want to have a raincoat on. I want to get soaked with the outpouring of his spirit. Amen. I want God to drench me. I want to live in that well. I want to live close to that well. I want to stay close to the oath. I want to stay close to the promise because God is going to complete something. This well is a well that shall never run dry. John 4, 14, whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. If you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you've got that well inside of you. But unlike some think, you can walk away from that well. You can suppress that well. You can, you, what did the enemies do? The enemies came in and they filled up the wells, didn't they? They threw dirt. You can have a clogged spiritual well that produces nothing, that feels nothing. Oh, the remnant of it is there. You knew what once was, but it's been a long time since you've ever gotten a cool drink out of that well. The water doesn't flow in that well anymore. It's all tainted. It's been filled up a long time. So what did they do? The Bible says that they went out. They didn't dig new wells. They didn't look for an answer someplace else. Why would you go someplace else when you know that this well already is successful? Amen. There is no other name but Jesus Christ. There's no other well that we need. There's no new fad. There's no new thing. There's no new spiritual thing. No, we go to the same well, and if we need to, if our wells get a little clogged, we just start redigging the well and clean it out. Sometimes we just need to clean out the well so that the water can once again flow freely through our lives. Don't wander from the well. Look what Elijah does in verse 4. He himself, I would say, went a day's journey into the wilderness came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested of himself that he might die. Now, does this sound like the, a man that's victorious, living a victorious life? 
Well, things are going great. I just got a new car. I just got a great raise on the job. I just, I just, man, everything is going perfectly. I think I'm going to go over here, lay down the shade tree, and just ask God to kill me right now. I would submit to you that he was never supposed to leave Beersheba. Once again, it's just my way of thinking. He said, it's enough. It's enough, Lord, take away my life. He leaves his servant behind at the well, and he's, he strays away a day's journey from Beersheba. He strays a day's journey away from the well. It's not like, it's not like there's a Dollar General or Casey's on every corner where you can just stop and get a big gulp, you know, from a 7-Eleven and, and, you know, or grab you a, a bottle of water. I mean, water sustained life. You had to live. That's why they built a city around it, because the well was a good well, and, and people could come to that well, and it would sustain life. If you, if you had no water, you had no life, and if you had no life, you had no city. And so here we have an entire city built around this well. And what does he do? Number one, I don't believe he ever should have ran from Jezebel in the first place. You try to run from your enemy, guess what it does? It emboldens them. They don't look at it as you being a peacemaker. The enemy will look at that as you have fear. Now, maybe you say, well, a day's journey, that, that's maybe not all that far, but look where he went. It wasn't an easy trek. He, he went a day's journey into the wilderness, into the wilderness. He finds himself in such despair that he says, God, just take my life. It's enough. I've had enough. I've had days like that, not, not days where I've felt suicidal. Don't worry about that, no. But I've had days when, when I've woken up uh, and, and I've looked around and said, <laughs> I don't want to face the day. I want to roll out of this bed. I, I don't want to do what I have to do today. I don't, I don't want to face the problem that I have to face today. God, it, it's enough. It's enough. Can I just check out of this? Can I just do something else? Can I just go somewhere else? Can't can, can things just be a little bit different? Why does it have to be so difficult? I, I, I can relate to him to a certain degree because life can be very difficult at times. but it's never a good idea to head into the wilderness away from the well. It's never a good idea to look for your answers someplace else besides the well. Our answers must come from God. As difficult as it will be, at least you know that God says, you're never forsaken. I'll be with you. I'm a 
I, I'm a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but you don't have to fear the evil that's there. Why? I'm right there with you. That's why. Amen. You need to understand today that God has not left you. Amen. You may need to cleanse your well a little bit. You may need to get that well opened up a little bit more. Maybe you can't feel God the way you used to feel God. There's a solution to that. Hit your knees and begin to clean out the well of your life and let the Holy Ghost begin to flow freely through you again and rivers of living water can come up out of you and rejuvenate your spirit. Telling you walking through this world you can't get far from the well because it will zap you of your spiritual strength. You will find yourself spiritually dehydrated so fast. Kids lived at home. They used to like to run as our music comes today. Take a walk, whatever. Being the dad of two attractive daughters. I always talk about my girls like my son's not attractive, you know. He, he, yeah, he, he's a sharp-looking kid, too. But I would say to them, Dad, we're going for a walk. I'd say, just walk around the neighborhood. Just walk around, stay stay in the neighborhood. I didn't want them walking all up in town and down main highways and all this. You know, I, I said, just stay, you're going to, I don't care. You walk 10 miles. Just don't walk any further than four blocks from the house. Just keep going around. I don't care how you do it. Just don't go far away. And in my father's mind, I was thinking, I want to keep them safe because I know I know things can happen. And I also know that they're probably not going to go for a real, real long walk because they're going to get thirsty pretty quick and it's hot outside. I'd always just tell them, just remember, if you do, do, do go a little bit further out, you have to make it all the way back. So don't go too far away from the house. Just There's a lot of things that you can do and a lot of things that you can get done in this life, but there's one thing that you need to always keep in mind. Don't let anything take you too far from the well. There's a lot of things pulling for our time and our affections and our thoughts. And they say, come on out here. Come on. I know you're feeling bad. Come and those things that put their arm around you like they're going to help you, but actually they're leaning on you. They're leaning on you. They're, they're weighing you down as they're dragging you away. Coming to the house of God needs to be a priority because there are things that are trying to drag you out into the wilderness, and one of them is feeling sorry for yourself. We self-justify. Now, I'm pastoring here, and that's okay because I am the pastor. I can, I can do that. I'm supposed to do that. There are times when, when bad things do happen to good people, and there are times where we, have, we are suffering and, and we go through things, but there comes a point in time where you can no longer feel sorry for yourself. You cannot feel so sorry for yourself that it allows 
the devil to drag you out into a place of wilderness. I look around in this place today and I see some people that in the last few years, you've gone through hell on earth. I look around here and I see people that are still affected by losses. <laughs> it's not going to change. It's not coming back. It's not. You're dealing with things that, that is hard for an average person that has never been through what you're going through to understand. And that's all right. That, that's all right. It's a part of, nasty part of life sometimes. But I'm also seeing people that are faithful to the house of God, and that is what has sustained you. That is what has kept you. Sometimes we have to go by the wayside and lick our wounds a little bit, try to get healed up a little bit, take care of, take care of ourselves a little bit. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. That, that's okay. What I am saying is stay in Beersheba. Stay in Beersheba. Stay close to the well. Don't let those feelings, don't let those thoughts put you in such a place of despair that you travel a day away from the well of God and you just go out here and say, you know what? It's over and I'm done. I'm just going to sit down and I'm just going to just pray to die. I don't know if you've ever thought of this or not, but <laughs> it had not been for a supernatural visitation that Elijah had from an angelic being, set down a meal for him, He might have just got his wish and met his demise underneath that juniper tree. But that's how much God loves us. <laughs> Hear me. Even when we make a mistake as bad as saying, God, I'm done. Even when we say, I can't stay here. I don't want anybody around me. I'm even leaving my, my servant behind. I'm just going to go out here and be alone and pray that God just takes my life. God loves us enough to send a supernatural, a supernatural vent our way. Would you stand with me today? I wonder if he's reaching out to somebody today and maybe you have been there recently. Maybe you've been struggling. Maybe things haven't been going the way you wish that they would. Maybe you found yourself in a pit of despair, so to speak. I just wonder today if, if we'd be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I want to open this altar up today. It's going to take some, some strength on your part. I believe that Brother Jones's message kind of ties in with this part of my message here today. There might be some work 
on your behalf that begins today. Maybe you've known it for a while. You've not felt that presence of God the way that you've wanted to, the way that you know you can. I wonder if there's anybody here today that would be bold enough to just walk up here. Lift up your hands and began to dig out the well. Began to cleanse out the well of your life. And prayer is not easy, especially when you're not feeling God. It's work. It's work. I'll leave prayer services sometimes sweaty, worn out. Because prayer can sometimes be work, but I'm telling you, it's worth the effort today. I'm not going to belabor this this very long, but I, I'm requesting. If you need a closer walk with God, if there's some things in your well today that are tainting the fresh water that God wants to flow, would you just come and would you just reconnect with him? I wonder if the church would gather in, might make it a little bit easier for somebody just maybe doesn't want to stand out quite so much. Maybe you've had troubles and you've struggled with some things here recently and you feel very, very much condemned in your own spirit. God is not here to condemn you, but God definitely wants you to make things right. Your answer today is not found and wandering out into the wilderness, your answer remains close to the well. Don't wander from the well today. Would you come and would you lift your hand? Would you lift your voice? Would you ask God to once again just refresh that flow? God, I need you, Jesus. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.